How are you this morning? Good. Good. God is good, isn't he? God is good. Amen? Good. Well, um, I'm going to get right to it. Um, Be wise with my time. Uh, Because I did go over this morning, and I will try not to go over today, this afternoon. Um, My topic uh, today, I can't see what it is. Um, If you guys can... Oh, there we go. You guys are like... It's awesome. Why are you guys playing the new Jurassic World movie? Um, today I'm going to be talking about uh, current events. Um, I mentioned last week that my talk um, would be PG-13. Uh, I don't say that because I'm going to try to swear or um, uh, try not to be um, wise with young k- kids, but um, I encourage you to be wise because I'm going to be talking about topics very candidly and... Um, I want to be able to speak to adults and feel free to do that, okay? So I mentioned that last week. My topic, current event today, is on uh, the concept of um, really sexuality and transgender in our culture. Uh, I had a pastor friend who said, don't do it, Eric. (laughs) Don't talk about this. And, and I'm not trying to talk about this to try to be controversial or anything like that. I, I'm not, I don't look for conflict or um, because I'll probably find it no matter which direction I go. I, I, I did it because I felt like the Lord wanted me to. And um, I, I wanted to be obedient to the Lord, and that's the only reason I, I did it. I would not have picked this topic myself. There's a lot of other things um, that I can talk about um, But Father, I just pray, Lord, that you'd let your word come to life. Lord, I don't want to take light this issue. I know that there is a real struggle within our culture, Lord, and the way it's been led. Lord, the values that it's uh, aspired to and that it's lifted up, that the natural outcome is that these are the most important issues. Who am I sexually? And who am I I gender-wise and who am I attracted to? That is the main issues that our world strives after to find its peace, to find its uh, inner love and joy. And it's the promise that the world offers. If you find these things, you will be satisfied. And Lord, as someone who's been involved in all kinds of debauchery and wickedness, you know my own life. Lord, I know that you are the only answer. And um, that I... It doesn't matter how I was born. It just matters that I've been born again and that I'm a new creation, that I'm a new creature, that I'm made by you and that you're forming me to the image of Jesus. And um, Lord, our religious ways can sound awkward to the world. So I pray that you give people who aren't familiar with that eyes to see and ears to hear so they can hear what the Spirit says. And Lord, I know your love is complete. You so love the world that you gave your one and only son. Lord, that anyone who believes, all the believing ones, whoever believes, they shall not perish but have everlasting life. Not just in the future, but an eternal life that can start here. And I pray that you'd spread that out. Lord, make me wise beyond my years. 
give me discernment and help me speak the truth in love. And Lord, I don't claim to know everything. I'm not a know-it-all. So I just pray, Lord, that you would just empower me with the words and the scriptures that I do know. I pray that your grace would be upon me. And Lord, if anyone is struggling or in the midst of deciding what they are or they've gone through with what uh, a transgender change, Lord, I pray that you'd minister to them. Let them find you. Let them find wholeness and bring them to the identity that you've really carved out for them since before the beginning of time. In Jesus' name, can I hear amen? Amen. Uh, let, let me just tell you a, a few things. I want to ask you, can you please give me grace today? Do I hear amen? amen? I am not going to say everything perfectly. I'm not going to cover every angle of the topic. In fact, as I was walking out, some people came up to me and they go, you didn't mention about chromosomes. What about chromosomes? Let me just say something about chromosomes and your sexuality. I don't know what you've heard and what you've read. I know this topic quite a bit, and people often say, you know, if your chromosomes are a little bit like this, then you, you know, your genetic tendency is that, and um, I don't think that we have genetic tendencies that make us kick people or not kick people. I think we have software code that's driven by soul. The Bible says that. Can I say hi to your soul? Say hi. Hi, soul. I'm talking to your soul. I'm not talking to your genetic structure. Your genetic structure, I'm sure, altered and affected it. And the people will say, when they say that we have so much in common, some people will say we have, we're like 5% off or 2 3% off of our you know, genetic code. There's so many similarities between the chimpanzee and the, and, the, and, the, um, and the human. We must be the same. Well, first of all, when they say that, they're talking about the protein coding part of the genetic um, strand, the genome, which is basically only 5% of the entire thing. The rest of the 95% was considered junk DNA and not useful or doing anything, but we now know that's not true. And understand that God made us very similar to all the animals so that we can eat the same things. Right? We process the same things. God didn't make my genetics so much different from the dog and the ape and the different animals so that we couldn't eat the same food. But there is something that I, we're actually, humans are more genetically connected to. We're, we're only 1%, less than 1% difference, and that's lettuce. <laughs> it's true. Yes, it's true. And the reason is because lettuce is water, and we're made up of almost all water. And so is lettuce. So maybe that lettuce is our cousin. <laughs> so, so next time you're eating your salad, just understand it may come alive at any moment. So I don't know if I walk down the street and see an attractive woman and then take a next step that I can go, oh, man, my chromosomes betrayed me. I think I need to take my own responsibility. I honestly believe that you can be attracted to pretty much just about everything if you wanted to and you're exposed to something long enough. That's what I believe. Um, but it doesn't really matter what I believe, does it? Because we don't go to church and we're not part of the church to find out what Eric's personal opinions are. It's really the scriptures that we're turning to. Amen? Now, I, I wanted to say this because it's important. My, my pastor friend who told me, don't do it, he says, you're not going to make anyone happy. And, and I thought, you're right. Because there's three things that'd be easy for me to do. I could just ignore the topic and just 
let you guys just do whatever you're going to do. And those of you who watch a lot of TV are going to have a certain view. And those of you who read the Word are going to have a different view. Uh, I could do that, or I could just come in here and go, it's all wrong. It's evil. It's wrong. Let's, just, let's get rid of the world of anyone who doesn't live perfectly. But the truth is, I want you guys all around. There's nobody here that has a perfect sexual relationship. Did you know that? How many still know that you struggle with lust and pride and greed, even if you do it exactly by the blue book of the Bible? Nobody here is perfect and pure. We all fall short. It's exactly why the cross actually happened, that Jesus Christ paid for our sins because they're actually their unhealthy, unrighteous people that need a doctor. Amen? Now, I said I'm not going to cover every angle. I want to say, if you don't know who I am, I want to explain my personality to you. I, am, I tend to be sarcastic sometimes. So, how many have had sarcastic friends, and you're horsing around, you're talking about stuff, and then you overstep the bounds somewhere? I will try my best to be uh, sensitive because I promise you, I do not want to disrespect anyone. I really do not. And again, when I tell you more about my past, you'll understand why. I, I could also say everything is good and right. There's no such thing as even right or wrong. Whatever you choose sexually, God thinks it's okay. I could say that, but it wouldn't be true. Yes, but I could say that, or I could just make up a God. People do it all the time. They say, well, I don't think God would be like that. And I love when people talk about a God they can't, that they have no right to talk about because he doesn't exist. We can't just all make up a God in this room and expect us to all take your word for it. People say, well, I think God's like that. And I go, well, what's the name of your God? Um, and really the God is the God of their own image, the God of what they've created. And you're gonna ha- and if you think our Bible's shallow, that's all you have to prove it? Well, you've got even less. What do you have to prove your God and your ideas and your morality to prove that it has any validity at all? I do come from the Bay Area where we have extreme things. And uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> the first thing I was exposed to, I remember, was the Man-Boy Love Association where men were propagating that they should be able to marry young boys. Now, you might think that that's bad, but, but if you don't have the Bible, why is it bad? Seriously, why is it wrong? Well, it's just wrong. Well, why is it wrong? Right? You can't really justify, well, I just think it's wrong. Well, good. Why should we base anything on your thinking? I mean, is it enshrined in the Smithsonian Institute or something, your thinking? I don't think so. Well, the popular vote. Listen, if the popular vote was where we'd go, if Hitler would have won the war, we'd all be speaking Nazisms and singing Hitler songs. We can't go by that. So if you want a morality of what's right, you could say the consensus rational thinking is the best thing, but you don't know that. And I've talked to atheists who've said to me, they said, I've asked them, I said, can you imagine a morality that's different than, our, than ours? They go, yeah, of course. And I go, could you imagine a place where raping a three-year-old little girl could be right? And I've heard this many times over and over again. They go, well, I guess I could imagine it. It could be. Because what would stop that? 
The lion does what he wants, but the human does what he wants, and he's gotten more power, and what if we're in a culture that he could do that? You know, there are fathers who are strong in their family and abuse their relationships, right? There are evil people in the culture, but can I even say there is evil, there is wrong, there is good? Now, having said all that, I really want to look at this culture and be sensitive to it. Transgender, the search for identity. Who am I and where do I belong? This is a real and struggling issue in our culture. I believe we live in a culture that asks two really big questions and lifts it up as a super high virtue. Now, as a Christian, I see the number one thing that I'm pursuing is the fact that I've been delivered by Christ and forgiven by him. And I'm being conformed into his image. And two, the image that I'm being conformed to is the righteousness of God and the standard of who God is. How many say amen? That, that, that God really knows my soul. He knows the answers. And my flesh wants all kinds of things. But just because my flesh wants them doesn't make them right. But the culture has two things that they think are the most important. Questions you should ask yourself just like a Christian asks himself. And I think these are the two questions. Who, what is my gender? What am I? Am I a male? Am I a female? Am, am, I a, am I a mixture of those two? And if I am, which one should I get rid of? Should I, if I, and, and if, the, if it's true that that number one question is important, even after you got the sex change, let's say you were a female and now you're male, and you're, you're going, man, I think I finally found it. If it's really a virtue, I think you should keep asking yourself that because it's so virtuous. Then maybe it might change back. You go, you know what? You know, maybe I'm a female, you know? Uh, and then and, and as you're walking down the street, you, you know, I'm, I'm married and I love my wife, but I, I might see a woman that, that I think is beautiful and I go, wow, you know what? I think I would want to have sex with her. I think I'm multisexual. I, I don't know what the terms are, but I, trust me, I can make up all kinds of stuff right now. There's all kinds of stuff that I can make up. And think about it. If you're growing up in a place where you just don't know who you are, and these are the, that's the first question, then the second question is kind of like it. Once I know that, then I have to ask myself, what am I sexually attracted to? Like, what do I want to have sex with? Right? Most people are convinced they can have sex with themselves. And most people are convinced that they, they need to check their desires out. What do I want? How many are uncomfortable in church already? <laughs> Come on. Right? This is why it's PG-13. I am, right, I am not going NC-17. I am staying right there at PG-13. But these are the questions that I think that the culture cares about. And, 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 and there are people that are married, they've been married for a while, and they go, I'm not sure if I should. Maybe I should do this. And I understand that. If you're raised in that culture... What does a young person or a grown-up who, who starts to buy that message, they start to ask themselves that. And they start to think, I'm not happy in this life. I'm not fulfilled. Now the answer, can you say, is Jesus. Yes. 
Jesus is the answer. God, the maker of your soul, will absolutely give you love and joy and peace and transform you who you are. And you will lose your life and find it. You'll lose it and find it. You won't know, you won't wonder, what am I born? What was I born to be? You'll be born again. You'll be a new creation. It won't matter about your genes. There's a spiritual sewing together of your inmost being that God creates. And you will become that and God will fulfill you. It is so important because of this fall of man that while we're made in his image, we've fallen short. And now we're experiencing the pain and people in total sincerity are trying to discover who they were. Even in the heterosexual. This is not just pointed at, well, transgender, let me pick on you, or homosexuality, let me pick on you. Every sexual person is looking, maybe if, you know, oh, I've had t- the sex isn't working here, maybe this kind of sex will help me. You know, maybe if, I, maybe if we swap, why swap, husband swap, well, maybe if we do that. Well, maybe if I just try more things, that'll help. And trust me, that's what our culture does. One thing after another. And you will get some satisfaction, guys. There is physical satisfaction there. But at the end, it still doesn't bring that closure of your spirit. Your spirit, see, the body and the flesh, the Bible says, has no answer for you. It's not the solution. God says the solution is in the heart where the spirit is, where he resides. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Listen, the world will not like things I've said because the world wants to be accepted. People in the world want to be accepted. And trust me, I I fully expect that someone's going to go home wrongfully and they're going to write on Facebook, you know, my cousin is homosexual, he's in a great relationship, and my pastor doesn't like him. That is not true. I love them. Okay? But just because I accept somebody doesn't mean that I have to biblically approve of everything they do. I don't even approve of my own life. Do you understand that? Every day I walk home and I see things. And that's why when people say, yeah, but, you know, doesn't God accept you? Yes, God accepts you in Christ where he pays for what they call sin. And the sin is our impurity, our disloyalty, our lust, all the things that are in there that are not the purity of God and not some religious holy roller. It's, it's the, the freedom, true freedom. And God wants that for us and we're all suffering. We're in self-treachery mode. And the treachery has no bounds. And the world is not lacking offers of things that it says will work for you. And who am I to judge this? Who, Eric, who are you to judge this? As an American, nothing. We vote on things, whatever's legal is legal. And trust me, if it's not legal yet, it will be legal. This is, I put current events and I put this particular issue, but it didn't start in 2015. This isn't a civil rights movement. This is something that's been going on since the book of Genesis. Where people, where Adam and Eve first lost their way. And I wonder, because if you believe in the Bible, you believe that Adam and Eve were there. And you believe that, if you don't, you don't believe the Bible's account, then you just believe we came from some random mutation. You think that software code gets more sophisticated on its own. 
Have you ever worked with software? It never gets more sophisticated without intelligent intervention. You have to write the code more sophisticated. You have to write more handles. You have to write more functions. You have to design how it's going to work. It has to interact. You can't just randomly throw codes in there and hope that one good one will eventually make a game called Warcraft. That's ludicrous. But if you believe that, then what I tell you about the Bible will seem ridiculous to you. But I tell you that God, if God made things, if God made Adam and Eve, what if he would have given them the gender option? What if he would have said to them, Adam, I made you, I created you in my image, and then I made you male and female, but guess what? I don't really know what your gender is. You need to find out. And what if Adam would have said, you know what? I'm Anne. That's what I am. Can I tell you, you wouldn't be here to talk about it. I'm just painting a scenario. What if Eve said, I'm Steve? And what if they would have changed? Steve still couldn't make Anne pregnant. Okay? It just worked. But what if they just said, no, we know who we are, but our son Seth, he doesn't know what he is. And this is the most important question. So that's how they raised Seth. Seth, what gender are you? And Seth would say, I don't know what I am. Thank you for raising the question. Now I'm insecure about it. And then, and then and Seth, who are you attracted to? I don't know. Maybe he's attracted to, who knows what he's attracted to? I could come up with all kinds of scenarios here. But I'm not going to push the line. But my past says I could. I know. Listen, I don't want to minimize the heartache this is because these are real issues. I'm not here to make the judgment, but I'm here to talk about the scriptures. And many people will say to me, Eric, it's my body, it's my genitals. Can't I do with it what I want? And I'm going to get to a bunch of scripture here. And I say, well, that's a good point. It's your body. But can I ask you another question? If you believe in God, don't you believe that God has a right to do with his creation as he wants? And how many here have a moral code? you have your own moral code? Raise your hand if you have a moral code. Like there is, how many think there are some things that are right in your own view? How many think there are some things that might be wrong? Okay. Can I just ask permission on God's behalf? Is it okay with you if he has a moral code? Is he allowed to have a moral code? Does his moral code have to be your moral code? Can it be better? Can it be higher? Is it possible that there may be a higher being in the universe that might be more moral than you? Or are you the epitome of morality and what you think is right should be right and what you think is wrong should be wrong? How many know you picked the wrong church today? (laughs) You you should have, man, I could have gone to something about the 10 ways to be a better leader and all kinds of stuff. I know. I could have preached though. My pastor friend was probably right. Listen, if our church, once you've heard the views I go through, disagrees with your position, and you disagree with our position, should we just write each other off? Or is building bridges important in life? And, you know, God's love is always active. God can always reach us. I'm going to share some of my past, 
but I just want you to understand this. Uh, when I got here this morning, I was asking the Lord, I was going, Lord, I need the heart of the message, and God gave me this. Here's the message. He wants to know this. Who will you follow? Who are you going to follow? This message right now at this moment is for the believer. I want to just ask you, who are you going to follow? You're going to follow, if, you, if you're following the world and the world says, anyone who doesn't accept this full-blown is absolutely ignorant. I live in the world too. I watch TV too. I watch commercials too. I hang out with people too. I know what the, how the world is and what they think about this. And, 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 and the world has its ways. And, and we're right now in the midst of kind of in our culture right now where some famous families have determined that this is the way that their lifestyle is going to go. And I want to ask you this. Is that what you want to follow? Is that the fruitfulness in the example that you think is going to bring nutrition to your life? Okay? Because what is the fruit of all this going to be in the long run? Just five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, where is this going to go? But if you follow Jesus Christ, he will say this, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is it. He doesn't say, come follow me and I'll make you imitators of the world. And that's how people think it is. No, you fish men out of the depths so they can set their feet on the miry clay so they can find peace and freedom. Hey, look, at whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. But isn't God a God of love? Yes, he is. But let me tell you something. God is concurrent. What's concurrent? I don't know. It just sounded cool. When the dictionary speaks, I follow. <laughs> it means he's not just one attribute. God is love and he's just at the same time. God is love and he just doesn't let our sin off the hook. He didn't look at all Eric's sin and go, I'm just gonna, I'll just let him go. No, he had to pay it. He had to pay it. Or I had to pay it. Those who have faith in Christ, I'll pay it. He's sovereign. He's unchanging. He's holy. He's infinite. He's pure. He's merciful. He's good. He's powerful. And you might say, well, what God? And I I put this little timeline on here because it's important. And if you're from another religion, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I'm trying to give the biblical view an honest uh, presentation. Imagine Judaism, the Israelites with, the, with God walking with them. We're, we're at the very beginning from the times, you know, right outside of creation. God gets Abraham and Jacob and he, he starts to build a people where he pulls them out. And then the Tower of Babel comes and the people scatter, the families scatter, just like you see in the different, on the earth right now. I go to the Philippines, guess what? All the Philippines look like the other Philippines. And it's not a prejudice statement. They don't look like they do in Texas. Right? I go to Kenya, they look different than they do in the Philippines. I mean, I'm serious. I go to the Philippines, I go to another city, and I go, you look just like another guy I just saw in the last town. And they probably, and I'm not kidding, they're probably related. And, if, and it, seriously, and you go to my family, the Dutch Indonesians, because people always wonder what I am. What are you? I'm part German shepherd, <laughs> poodle, and boxer. And monkey. (laughs) 
But at the Tower of Babel, you have Hinduism, and then you have Christianity, the time where Jesus Christ comes. And you have the scriptures written within that 25 years when the, after the time of his death. Uh, from 25 to 55, you have, and all the way up to 125, when the scriptures are the first concatenated, the moratorium fragments. And then you have, this is what Jesus was like. And look at these writings. And then 600 years later, you have Muhammad saying, no, it's not that. Jesus actually said this. How on earth would you know that? No offense to Muhammad. But why would we take a testimony of you 622 years later just saying that's what he said? Without any written documents, without any papers. And then no offense if you have an LDS background, but why would we take 1,820 years later that no, Jesus didn't say this and he really said this and I have a revelation on this. Just from a strictly logical, practical perspective. Wouldn't the eyewitnesses have a better testimony? It's like you getting in a car accident tomorrow and your cousin was in the car and he saw it so he writes down everything that happens and 600 years later someone wakes up and goes, I know what happened in that car accident. (laughs) Really? Why? I mean, did you find some new evidence? No, I just wrote it down, man, I'm telling you. There was an old man that was sitting over there he told me exactly what happened and it turns out I'm the important person. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So you, so you are the most important person now, not Jesus Christ. Listen, so when I talk about God, I'm talking about the God of the Bible. Now, I'm going to get to some important stuff, but you have to understand my background to understand where my prejudices aren't. I believe the Bible's true. It's infallible. Okay? That's what I believe. I understand the tension between the Old Testament laws and rules and the fulfillment of Christ in it to the redemption of Christ. I know that. I know by his blood we're washed clean. I know that we're made in the image of God and that image was marred at the sinfulness of man and can now be restored in Jesus. I believe that God created everything and that we don't come from some, you know, random, you know, molecular RNA that somehow duplicated and eventually became a replicating cell. I believe that God, who can make a cell, just as easy as he can make all the cells together working. It doesn't take him any extra time. Okay, and I invoked Einstein, the fossil record. Look up my tough, tough, tough topics and see the evolution series sermons, and you can see it trending in YouTube. Everything I believe is ground in, in the Bible. I don't have any political agenda or politically motive, motives. I'm not going to rally people to vote against this sex or that sex. I'm not a Republican or a Libertarian or a Socialist or a Capitalist or a Democrat. That shocks some people. I'm not, and I don't care at all. I don't defend capitalism. I don't defend republicanism. I just preach the word of God. That's it. That's the only thing I believe in, absolutely. I don't know how many crooks are on either side, and I don't even care. And I believe that God has good people maybe running for all different kinds of things. Praise God. I'm just an imperfect Christian pastor. And I want to tell you this. If you are coming from a different sexual background, the church does not hate you. I do not hate you. But just because I accept you and believe the gospels for you doesn't mean that I have to approve everything that you do. I'm sorry, but I doesn't. And I'm free too. Amen? Amen. And if you want me to accept you and your freedom, then accept me and my freedom. Right? 
Okay, and I'm not a picture perfect because of my past of sexual purity. I've lived in all kinds of debauchery, lust, licentious sex, porn, prostitution, self-sex, drugs, um, sexually transmitted diseases. I've had all kinds of diseases. It is, aren't you thrilled? (laughs) And it has brought me very, very great destruction, but God is still faithful. Jody and I are not perfect either. We don't have perfect love, perfect sex, but I'm really close. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Now that is not true. (laughs) And that was the sarcasm I was talking about you. Just as it was coming out, I was going, you idiot. But it's too late. I was raised sexually liberal, okay? My parents were very liberal in how they dressed, and they, walking around naked was no big deal in my house. They, my, mother, my mother and father are Dutch and Indonesian. Have you been to Holland lately? Okay? So... My dad would say to me, you can be whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You can have sex with the light pole. I don't care. That's what my dad would say all the time. It doesn't matter what you do. You can marry the dog. It doesn't matter. So I wasn't raised with some bigoted, anti-homophobic, anti-transgender thing. But let me say this. I have been born again by the Spirit of God. I have love for all people, not perfect love, but that's how God leads me. And I believe that God's word is true and it's the only fulfillment for you. God's truth in Christ. I I cannot say that. You know, I cannot avoid that. Now, to be fair, I cannot say that I had a homosexual background because I was never attracted to other men. Okay? Sorry, guys. But it just isn't. (laughs) I just have never seen it. But I've had gay friends, and I still have gay friends. And if they said, what do you think about this? I would tell them what the Bible says about it. And I would point them to Jesus just like I would do if I met a heterosexual couple at Starbucks. And I'd see that their marriage isn't fulfilling them either. Because marriage isn't the all-time fulfillment. Jesus Christ is the all-time fulfillment. Amen? And I know, that, I know the marriage is in there, a couple of scriptures, you know, Ephesians 5, after he's laid out all the doctrine about him and you, he goes, by the way, be good with your spouses, all right? But it is not the centerpiece. The centerpiece is Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, by the way, so I just want to say this, I'm the last one to judge anybody, okay? God created you. Um, I encourage you to be open-minded to a biblical view if you're open-minded. Be open-minded to a closed-minded view, as I like to say. Okay. The times we live in. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Should I be free to be what I want to be? Listen, the schools teach young kids, if you go, if you have, if your kids in school, they teach you what's right and wrong based on that school. Um, I believe that they think these issues are civil rights issues. And I, I will talk later about whether if you're white, should you be allowed to make yourself black? Is that Okay and then carry on those issues. Is there a limitation with that? And by the way, I don't see the races the same way most people do because I believe that the Bible says we're all just related. We're all just, we're totally related by Adam. So who cares if your pigment went a little bit this way or that way? Should people be free to be transgender? Again, in the society, you get to decide what you want to be. That's what the society says. But is it going to bring the fulfillment that God, that you think it will? 
I'm telling you that the promise of the world never holds up. I want to encourage you, whether you are doing it or whether you've already done it, I'm not going to come in here and try to take your parts that, that don't work like a real man does and it doesn't work like a real female does. You have to understand, there's never been... There, there's, if you're in a homosexual relationship, and I'm sure that you love each other, I'm not trying to say that you don't, but there's nothing of your genetic structure together that will ever produce anything. There'll be no fruitfulness from your relationship just evolutionary-wise. Nothing. There's never been a culture ever built on just that. Ever. And there never will be. There's never a society. There's never a family that's been built that way. And there's no recruits that you could make to say, hey, believe in this too, unless you took from another, uh, you know, a heterosexual or you got in vitro by, by yourself. That's the only way that you could do it. And then you'd have to borrow from the family. You'd have to go to a hetero couple and say to their child, you can be this and you can do that, and then they will produce no fruit. That's just the way that it is. It says the time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They'll follow their own base desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And I believe that to be true. Again, the, the world's questions are, what's the most important thing in this world? What sex am I? And who do I want to have sex with? And again, that's hard when you go to the mall because you see all kinds of attractive people. So now you're going to want to have sex with them all. Now you don't really don't know what you are. Right? And the first close relationship you have, if you don't know what intimacy is like, you might think then you're that. And even if you are that, it might change six months later. Who knows? Ungodly people, it says, have wormed their way into the churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. People will come and they'll take the grace that I just mentioned and say, God's okay with it. Whatever you do, it doesn't really matter. And here's the woe I want you to wonder about. Jesus says to his disciples, those of you who think, I'm just going to help them because I'm going to improve everything. Anything people do. There's people putting ram horns, trying to grow them into their heads now. There are people that have dog tails that go, you can attach anything with the right sewing machine with, with yourself. You can. And, and the person is saying, and there are people that say this, why can't I marry my dog? I'm an adult. I'm free. And it's an adult dog. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown to the sea, I told you, PG-13, with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. I ask this question, what is your authority of right and wrong? I don't know if there's an answer. People make up, my God, I think, I think that there is a God. I've heard this a million times. I just think that God would, well, who cares what you think God would? This, you're just making up God. Well, I think God would just want me to do whatever I wanted to do. Oh, well, that sounds like you're the God. You're just making it up in your own image. But there is a divide between these two perspectives. The, the Christian has the perspective of making Jesus first, being saved, and trying to please God. And the, the world has an opposite one where it says that everyone should be free to decide their own sex. 
And it's wrong to be against this highest freedom. Sex is probably the most important thing. And the world does make up its own values. And they don't want their choices to be considered evil. And it's easy. Nothing you do ever has to be evil. Just change the definition of what is good and evil. And you're good. You're fine. In God's word, if you're a Christian, that means that somehow you believe this revelation about who God is has some validity to it. It's not a code of ethics that we follow. It's just God saying, this is how you get conformed to my image. This is how it happens through the power of Christ. And he has purpose. He has principles. He has patterns. And you, if, if, if you have a problem with that, you have to understand that God's way is going to bring you these things. He's going to give you the image of what you should be. He's going to give you, say it with me, say image. God is going to conform you to his image, not religious. And that's why religion ruins Christianity so often because it's full of rules. Can you say purpose? Purpose. Purpose. God wants to bring you image and purpose. And then can you say blessing? Blessing. Let's let's start with this image. It it says, how, how does God create and define us? God created mankind in his own image. In the image he created, can you say them? So somehow in this first mankind, there's a plurality of gender even. And then he makes them male and female. He separates them, male, and you're female. And he calls them Is and Isha. We, you know, we use the terms Adam and Eve. But in the Hebrew, there it is, male and female. And they get separated. So we're designed to pursue God's image. But then we now, what does man chase? The image of man. So... They go, what should I be? And they turn to each other. Let's watch TV. Watch all the images. All the images on the TV. Hey, hey, we look at that. And we look at all the images. We look horizontal. And God's going, the image you need is vertical. It's not down here. A fool just leads another fool to foolishness. They don't know. And God even says in Isaiah, he says, he says, you turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, you didn't make me? Can the potter say to the uh, pot, say to the potter, you don't know anything? Listen, can a software programmer make code what he wants to code? Does the code go, how dare you code me like this? I don't want to be this kind of a function. I want to be something that opens the door in Warcraft. I don't want to be this part. No, you don't get that. It says he created them male and female, and can you say, and bless them. And he named them mankind. There's the word Adam. When they were created, God blessed them and said, say it with me, be fruitful and increase in number. Fruitfulness isn't just to have kids. There's a fruitfulness to the relationship. And I'm not saying that there's never any love or like or good relationship with in transgender or homosexual relationships. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying is that that's not how God typically talks about the mankind. He talks about it in a way that says they're male and the female, and this reflection of coming together to bring real fruit is a demonstration of the fruitfulness that I want to have with you. It's what I'm like. I'm using this picture to describe me and you. And now we're saying, no, we want to be same as, male with male, me with them. We're the same. It's like, you know, going into a club where everyone's gay, they all look the same. Everyone's male with male. You know, I want to find myself, in a sense. 
Now, this is how it is, and you have to understand that he says, you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. God seems to think that he knows what he made and that he made them. I made you wonderfully made. My frame wasn't hidden. I, your frame was right there. I saw it. And even with the devolution we have now, which is what really is there, there's the destruction of the cells, and we get things that are anomalies, things that are not good. And, and we try to fix those things. So it's not like it's hard set that way. But understand that God is making this thing. I made you. I knitted your soul of who you are. How many say amen? amen. Just say it. Say, God knows me. Say, God made me. Say, he knit my soul. He saw my frame. Listen, how many want to be 5% better looking? Come on, raise your hand if you want to be 5% better looking. How many want to be 10% better looking? Some of you are back there going, well, that would be the max. (laughs) I know, I'm 5% away from you, brother. I'm right there. This is the epitome of manhood. Listen, of course we do. Because the world puts up the Barbie doll, right? And, and, you know, it makes us strive for what we should look for, look for. And there's nothing wrong with Barbie, you know? If someone looks like Barbie and they have that look, but it, it starts to make everybody else look like, I have to look like that. Maybe God made you look like you're supposed to look. Maybe the love that you'll find is the love that you'll have being who you are. And we don't chase what the world wants. But we trust God that he'll bring that satisfaction. And I'm almost done. Can I hear amen? <laughs> it's, it's, it's we have the purpose, okay? God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase. There's the purpose, fruitfulness, producing things. Now, I, 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 I talk to people all the time. I was looking for articles for some maybe uh, scholars from the, the gay and lesbian community to, to find out what they discovered in the scriptures because they, they desperately want... The, the transgender and they want it to be justified in the scriptures and I honestly don't believe I see it in the scriptures I, I don't see Paul talking about oh yeah and I planted in that church and the, the, the two and finally these two guys got married I just don't see it and so God either is totally ignorant of it but let me tell you Rome Greece the, 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 you think we're in some kind of revolution we're nothing do you know that you can go to Thailand right now and have a six-year-old or a two-year-old to have sex with? Just like that. No, no illegalness, no, no problem. And you know, you know where their business comes from? The West. It comes from the West. Rich businessmen go down there and say, wow, I'm so wealthy, I can buy anything. I've bought every toy. What else does my flesh want? The flesh never has the right answers for you. It doesn't. I, I, I want to just, just read to you. This is just an exercise. I, I want to tell you right now, I'm not... Here's some tough scriptures. Let me just read some. It says, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their heart to sexual impurity, to the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. So instead of going this way, keeping with God, they got disillusioned and started worshiping each other. 
I want you, I take you. Let's get it on with each other. And, and it says, that's why God abandoned them to this shameful desire as even the women turned against the natural way. Can everyone say the natural way? Right? And so, so from a biblical point, I have to say that that's the natural way and instead indulge in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burn with lust for each other. So we know it's possible. We know it's there. Men did shameful things with other men as a result of the sin they suffered within themselves, the penalty they deserved. Deuteronomy says it this way, and I understand. Listen, I've already said at the beginning, I understand how Jesus Christ has fulfilled all the law and the prophets, and he brings us a new freedom. Do I hear amen? Amen. We're not bound by every Old Testament law. We have freedom, but there's still sin, and God still recognizes those things as sin. And he talks about this as a normal way. It says, a woman must not wear men's clothing or dress as a man. A man must not wear women's clothing for the Lord. Your God detests anyone who does this. He doesn't like it. Because it takes away from the way he created it. I created it this way. I have a whole analogic, analogous picture to show you at the end of all time. that, That it goes this way. Do not have sexual relationships with a man as one does with a woman. That's detestable. Now, I hear people all the time, and that's why I ask the question as I'm wrapping up here, does the Bible promote all our modern sexuality? And, and, I, and I was listening on these, some of these websites where they say, well, transgender is never mentioned in the Scripture. So, but you don't just look for words. Like, the child pornography is never mentioned in the Scriptures. Right? Letting your cat poop on your face is never mentioned in the Scriptures, not once. Okay? It just isn't written in there okay this is still pg-13 we're good but i i honestly because i can understand that some people reject the bible the bible's not true but if you do i'm speaking to the someone who may or may consider it i can't picture god supporting all the social sex sexuality so i decided i go i'm going to try to imagine the scripture writing the scripture as if god cared about gender, what gender you were, that you found it in sexuality. So I wrote some made-up scriptures here. You can just hear them. And I'm not honestly not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to think, how would this sound? So Hesitations chapter 1, verse 3. This is Jesus coming to his disciples. My brethren, I came to set you free and to help you figure out what your real gender is. My father just wasn't sure. Then the apostle Paul Greetings, my brethren. I rejoice that Jesus has helped you in your gender quest. Barnabas, as you know, has now become Barbara. And it turns out that Timothy's real identity was always and has been Tina. So read in 1 Tina chapter 1, verse 3. Tina, remember to teach wholesome and sound doctrine. Paul. However, Demetrius believes that he was meant to be half ram and half man. He has sown ram horns to his forehead and chases sheep at night. He also encourages others to do the same in the name of sexual freedom. This is evil and wrong. Stone him to death, but don't judge. (laughs) Disciple Peter, my brethren, I see you are discovering your gender identity, the very foundation Jesus built. Also, I want to make sure that each of you discover what gender you are sexually attracted to. This is a vital truth. Verily I say unto you, be experimental and try different things. Remember, nothing is wrong or right. I just want you guys all to be happy. 
And don't forget, my brethren, keep the new, the two main questions of life in all the church's focus, the highest virtue. We need everyone from every age to discover their gender, and I need everyone to understand what gender that they have sexual attraction to. And remember, this can change at any time. Tomorrow you may get a different answer with a different gender attraction. Peace be with you all. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, also love your husbands. Wives, respect your former husbands who are now your wives. (laughs) Train your children in the same way. It will bring them peace and stability. Now, now listen, because I, I was really trying to think, what if this was totally free? I had, had a friend of mine say, what if everybody did a sexual change? Everybody decided that. Well, then our society will end. But I wrote this down. I just it was literally, I was trying to think of what is a scenario. So I said, a couple gets married, a husband and a wife. One day the husband realizes that he might possibly be gay so they might need to get a divorce. But luckily, his wife realizes she's been a man inside her heart all along and changes her gender. They've been a gay couple the whole time. Now that she's a man, they are okay. They're just a gay couple. Now, they begin to question themselves, are are we still married after all this? That would be a gay marriage. They say, well, it's our choice, so they decide that they are still married. However, after a few more months, the wife realizes sexually that while she is now a man, she's not a gay man. So this previous husband and wife, gay couple, have to get a divorce. And they try to work it out for this kid's sake. But a couple months go by, and the man searches himself some more and realizes that he is actually bisexual as he really has a crush on the nanny that lives with them. And he wants to marry her as well. Now, don't judge. They're a happy threesome for at least several weeks. But as the relationship progresses, the nanny eventually realizes she's attracted to lots of people sexually, especially the landscape crew. (laughs) So she should follow her heart's (coughs) passions. So she asked the other two if they would be willing to become polygamous with her. By the way, she should be free to do what she feels. Who are we to judge her and him and her and them and try to determine if there is really a right or wrong? The heart just wants what it wants. So four new men are added to the relationship, but eventually two of them have sex changes, but this is totally normal. Their two kids soon begin to wonder, I wonder what our gender is. I wonder who we're attracted to sexually. Maybe the schools can help. We need to start asking these important questions when they're young. Let's see if we can get that curriculum changed. This is, this is really, this, this is where I, I wonder, is, is this normal to you? And I'm just going to tell you right now, from a pastor who looks at the Bible, I don't see this as a pattern in the Bible. I, don't, I think you can reject the Bible and just say Bible believers are wrong. I think that's legitimate. I think you're wrong about that, but you think I'm wrong. But if you believe in the Bible, I don't see it as a pattern because I don't see Jesus ever talking about, let's... Let's deal with this. I don't really. I believe the answer is found in the Lord. God has the answers. How many wish I had more time? I I, I literally had like 180 slides. And I've gone through about 35. 
How many think I should do a follow-up on this one? Just raise your hand, honestly, if that's what you want. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop right here, and I just want to say this. Who can be saved and who can find God? I gave you my background. I found God. But can I just say it better? He found me. He found, he found me. I, I didn't wake up one morning and go, you know what? I'd really like to find love and virtue and pure truth that will convict me of my own wickedness. That's what I want. No. I just went like, hey man, <laughs> there's got to be something up there somewhere. <laughs> That's about as far as I was. That is my life. And again, I'm not picking on anybody who has a medicinal marijuana or anything like that. I'm not picking on you. Honestly. You have to stand before God in your own wisdom. But I want to say this. God has been the fulfiller of my soul and I am not a perfect man. He promises that he made you and he has the answer. If, if you're right in the middle of this transgender thing right now, I don't hate you. I promise you I don't hate you. Our church does not hate you. We love you and we want to see God's power and freedom enter your life. But I tell you, you have to give up everything when you come to God. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Everybody. You give up your life and you say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm born again by the power of the Spirit. So why don't you close your eyes and I'm give you a chance to respond. If you've heard the sound of my voice and you think, oh, Lord, I need to find out who I am in you. You're my answer. If that's you, just raise your hand to God. I'm not looking. It's just between you and God. I promise. Just eyes closed. Just raise your hand and say, God, I need to know who I am. I have no clue. Maybe you got a couple hints, but you're saying, Lord, I need your answers. Then go ahead and put your hand down. Just say, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to become who I'm supposed to be by your power and your grace. In Jesus' name. And maybe you're that person now who just says, hey, I've been struggling with sexual issues. Listen, you've heard me. I'm not going to condemn you. But you have to see that you, you know there's something in your own soul, whether you're hetero, whether you have homosexual t- tendencies, whether you've had the sex change operation or not. You know you're struggling. You don't know who you are. You made the change. You still don't know who you are. And you're saying, I need help. I need God's help. We just, all across this room, doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, we just raise your hand and say, God, restore my soul. Just raise your hand and say, Father, I need my body restored. Maybe your mind's been so filled filled with every sexual picture, you know, whether it's coming live from porn streams or, or it's fantasies that you can relive. You say, Lord, cleanse my mind. Be like the mighty King David, where he said, Lord, create in me a new heart. Create in me a new soul. Listen, some of you have struggled with the sex issue over and over again. You say, Lord, I can't do it. I can't stop it. Fill me with your self-control. Fill me with your power. Give me a deliverance. Heal my body. Heal my soul. And we say, Lord, we put our trust in you. Just say it all across this room. Say, Lord, I put my trust in you. Save me. Heal me.
The pastor doesn't know, but you know. Restore me. In Jesus' name. Can I hear amen? Amen. God bless you. I look forward to hearing your criticism on Facebook. If you tell your uncle I don't like him, you will be wrong. God bless you. And may the Lord be with you. We will continue on these topics as the months go by. God bless you.